Okay. How's everybody doing? It's so good to be here this morning. We were thanking the Lord just about the opportunity as we were driving in and having some prayer time with some pre-service prayer. And uh, one of the words that we had uh, for the day was that uh, like rain was falling in the room and was just clearing our eyes out so that we could see more of Jesus. And man, that's what, if anything would be a big win for me today, it would be that we would see more of Jesus. And so I really want to ask you, as we go through this, we're starting a new series today. I want to ask you to kind of put your thinking caps on a little bit today. I don't always do it like this, but I'm, I really want us to think deeply about Jesus Christ today. Is that okay? Sound like a good plan? I think we'd all be better. It would help our world out if we would do it more often. Okay, so what we're going to be talking about today is a new series at, uh, called Heaven and Earth. And uh, we are entering into an, the, the ascension season in the church calendar. So we've just come out of the resurrection, out of Easter, and moving toward this date in a couple of weeks when Jesus is ascended to the right hand of the Father. And so I want to take a little time to just talk about that, to teach about that, to meditate on the ascension of Christ, on the, the coming together of heaven and earth. And so we're going to read quite a number of scriptures today, and hopefully I will Stay engaging so that you'll want to keep learning more about Jesus, right? Does that sound good? Open your Bibles, if you would, to Acts chapter 1. Acts 1, verse 1. So, uh, sorry. Things go better with these. Ah, there we go. So let's read together. And... And you're going to see at the beginning and toward the end of this passage where we're going with the ascension piece. So in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day that he was taken up into heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles that he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed these men, himself to these men, and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. And on one occasion, he, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my father has promised and that you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not... For you to know the dates or the times my father is set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he had said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going and suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you've seen him go into heaven. Okay, so a couple big pieces right off the bat there is that the ascension is, is an important thing for us to realize. I'm going to try to unpack that as we go through this message today. But right, built right into the ascension in the, in the Jesus going up before their eyes is this promise that he's coming back again. So right there together, you've got the exaltation and ascension of Jesus and the promise 
that he's coming back again. So we're living in an in-between time as we're looking forward to the coming of Jesus, right? That's what's going on. So we're in kind of a, a waiting time. And there's different kinds of ways of us waiting. There's, there's waiting at the Department of Motor Vehicles. That's a certain kind of waiting, right? And before phones, it was really a certain kind of waiting. It was, you know, you sit in rows and you wait for your number to be called and you look at the back of somebody's head. Now, you know, everybody's on the phone or whatever. But that's a certain kind of waiting. You know, a different kind of waiting would be when a baby's about to be born. It's an exciting time, baby's about to be born. Now, that's a different kind of waiting. So there's impatient waiting and there's patient waiting. There's peaceful waiting and there's stressed out waiting. There's kind waiting and there's unkind waiting. There's all these different ways that we think about it. And so in these next three weeks, we're going to talk about loving while we wait, listening while we wait, and really being alive to God while we wait, okay? So in the story of God, and I'll just do a quick flyby, 40,000 feet here, you've got the creation. And even before the creation, you've got God's, in His triune heart of love, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, a plan that was before creation to redeem us in Jesus Christ, to reconcile us to Himself, to adopt us into His family, and that we could share in the Father's love for the Son and the Son's love for the Father in the power and fullness of the Spirit. Isn't that an awesome thing? So then creation history gets going, creation, the fall, you've got uh, some promises that come from God to Abraham and to the Israelites, and then Jesus ultimately comes and here's what I want us to get this morning. One thing is that when Jesus comes, all that Jesus is, he always is. So it's, it's easy for us sometimes to go, I like the cross part because that's where he died for my sins. But you, you got to see that all of him is, is always all of him. So he comes for us. God becomes flesh, steps into our humanity, and he he assumes our humanity and he always will have our humanity in him so he lives this life in dependence on the father and, and he shows us how god intended for humans to live on the earth living a life of complete dependence upon god he ultimately is killed on the cross dies and on the third day is raised by the power of god to live so that that humanity is now new humanity and he walks on the earth for 40 days, like we just read, and then he's exalted to the right hand of the Father. And we know that he's coming again, but there, right now there's this wonderful good news that everybody needs to hear. There is a human, God and human, but there is humanity in the triune presence of God. This is wild. Like, he has included us in him, and he is face to face with the Father. Good stuff. I said you'd have to think. So we're thinking, but we're going, wow, that's pretty cool. Think about some of the implications of that. That's really uh, awesome. Well, he's coming again, and so he wants us to live in the light of who we are in him with our eyes looking to what's coming and pointing to that reality in the way we think, the way we live, the way we love people and serve people and all of that. So throughout the New Testament... We see this played out over and over and over. That the trajectory throughout the New Testament is that heaven and earth are coming together. So, uh, 
Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10 says that all things in heaven and on earth are going to be summed up under the headship of Jesus Christ. Right? So then every knee in heaven and on earth are going to bow and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There at the end of the great song there in Philippians. Acts chapter 3, verse 21. Flash that one up if you would. This is right after Peter has preached the first sermon, 3,000 people baptized. They go walk back into the temple. They heal the guy at the gate, beautiful. And then they preach a little sermon. And toward the end of that sermon, they talk about Jesus and say, He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything. As He promised long ago through the holy prophets. So, there's this trajectory that we're on in Christ where there's coming a day when everything's going to be made right. Revelation chapter 21, verses 1-5. through Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. That's why I'm always doing this. Because I want us to see that. It's, it's coming down. There's one day, there's going to be a day when there's no separation between heaven and earth, between us and our God, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now is the dwelling of God with men, and He will live with them. They will be His people, and God Himself will be their God, will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Amen. So it just, it fills us up thinking about it, that he is exalted. He is ascended, but he's coming again. And when he comes again, he's making things right. And he hasn't left us on our own. He wants us participating in his life in the power of the Holy Spirit right now that we're supposed to keep living that kingdom life that he lived and showed us how to live we keep living that way right now so that's what's coming here's the main thing i'm saying today god's calling us to live our lives in light of the way that things really are in christ so what does it mean to live our lives in the light of the ascension and the return of christ when we consider the riches of Christ and the way things really are in Christ. You know, I, I've said this a th probably a thousand times. That's probably right. Uh, you know, just over and over. I want to preach Jesus. I want to preach Christ. And it is my joy and privilege to get to stand up here and say, let's look to Him. It is a miracle of miracles that God speaks and that God has revealed Himself in the midst of our darkness. Hallelujah! This is just, it's... It blows us away. And if you think you can find Him on your own, give up on that. He's revealing Himself to you. He wants you to seek Him, but man, it's because of His mercy, His grace, His unbelievable miracle of light shining into the darkness of our hearts. That's good news, man. Just really, really good news. And so this, this incarnation that's happened... Um, can I just say too, I'm going to since I'm up here, but um, verbal tick, maybe think about that one later. Uh, so uh, I feel like asking it again, 
But the, the thing is, about the incarnation, you realize that the incarnation is still happening. It, it never stopped happening. You know, Jesus became a man, and, and he stayed a man. Fully God, but he, he became a man and stayed a man. He died our death, bringing an end to Adam. Raised new humanity, but it's humanity. Glorified humanity, but that incarnation continues. It, and so, this is a temptation for conservative people that have a high view of Jesus is to think that when Jesus ascends to the right hand of the Father, He kind of sheds this humanity that we all, you know, kind of know about, you know? And we think that it's something, you know, something different than this humanity that He assumed. And it's so important that we get this. I mean, Jesus had to assume that in order to redeem that. He had to assume what we are in order to redeem us and what we are. Does that make sense? The early church had to work through a bunch of these, these kinds of issues. Some people said he was just a spirit. Then other people gave in, okay, he came in the flesh, but he didn't have our mind. You know, he, you know, he didn't have to wrestle with, with our thoughts. I mean, that would be like, he didn't redeem our mind then. He assumed what we are and lived a life without sin in dependence on the Father. Praise God. Good news. Good news. And so he, because of his incarnation, unites himself with us, takes us, we're united with him in death, we're united with him in life, we're united with him in his ascension, we're united with him in his coming again, and we live in the light of this union. Stay with me. This is important. So all of this is like, if I, I need to meditate on what my life is in Jesus Christ, then I'm accepted, I'm loved, I'm secure, I'm forgiven, I'm, I'm significant. I, all these things, because I'm constantly living in, in a temptation to be in, my, you know, in the dark and go hide in the bushes, like Adam and Eve, right? So let's look at a few more passages. I mean, if you go through the New Testament, this is everywhere. What I'm talking to you about this morning, union with Jesus Christ, it's every, it is the trajectory of, of the New Testament. It's where this whole thing goes, is our life being fully known, expressed, fulfilled, lived out in connection with Him. Paul says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Of course, it's up there behind me. Galatians 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, or faith, the faith of the Son of God. In Greek, it could be either word. And it kind of makes sense a lot of times to say the faith of Jesus that gives more glory to Jesus. That I'm not, it's not my awesome faith, but it's His awesome faith. The faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. In John chapter 14, verse 20. Jesus was talking about the coming of the Spirit. And He says, in that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, that you are in me, and that I am in you. You know, when the Spirit comes, you're going to realize this union thing that I'm trying. It's better that I go away so that the Spirit can be in all flesh. I mean, He could only be in one place at one time, but now there are this revelation of Jesus is happening on planet Earth. You know, the moves that we see among the Muslims and, I mean, 
people, enemies of God, are happening because Jesus in the Spirit is revealing Himself to people and it's rocking their world and they are becoming followers of Jesus Christ. This is going on right now. Supernatural, revelation, God breaking in, changing everything. More. Let's keep going. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Talking about the grace of God. He says, but God who's rich in love made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. And God raised us up, verse 6. He raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show us the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Wow. Praise the Lord. We have been united with Him and seated with Him in heavenly places. Paul goes on in Ephesians chapter 4, talking about the ascension. Chapter 4, verse 8, When He ascended on high, He led captives in His train and gave gifts to men. So this captives thing, it's either one of two things. It's either the enemy, who He's bound up and you know, taken them somewhere, or it's us, who were in captivity, and he led captives who had been captive in his train into freedom and life and wholeness. I kind of like that one this morning because of us being included with him in his life. It goes on, what does he ascended mean except that he descended, there's the incarnation, to the lower earthly regions. And he, he who descended is the same one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order, that, in order to fill the whole universe. It was He who gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Okay, so here it is again. It's this, He's ascended, He's poured out gifts, and He wants everybody to see things the way He does through his eyes, that we would have his faith, we would have his knowledge, and that we, in that process, would grow up into all that we're supposed to be in Christ. Does that make sense? So that's what's happening. Wow! You know, Lord, help us. Open our eyes. I mean, it just goes, I could go on and on and on through the New Testament. One more time. Colossians chapter 3. Philippians 2, I mentioned that one earlier. That's a great one. You know, he comes down, he humbles himself. God exalts him to the right hand of the Father. Our citizenship, chapter 3, is now in heaven and we eagerly await a Savior from there who's able to transform these lowly bodies to be like His glorious body. It just keeps going. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Last one I'm going to do this morning. Colossians 3. Now listen to this. Talk about ascension, union, our life connected with Him. How do we respond given this truth? Since you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with Him in glory. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that... Just, it's a blow away. And so now he says, this is how you live. You put to death the stuff of the old life. All that stuff, the way you used to think and live and do stuff and just be hurting other people and anger and rage and all these things and lying and 
those kinds of things. No, 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 no. Now we're being renewed in the knowledge and the, the image of our Creator. That's what's happening with us right now. As we look to Him, we're being renewed. We're being renewed. That's why I say, take a good look at me. Because I'm changing. Randy Brown looks so different than he did when I met him. How many years has it been now, Randy? Long time. I'm just kidding. He's young, vital. Got about 50 years left. Love Randy. So keep going. Here there's no Greek, Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. For Christ is all and is in all. And so this is how we live now as God's chosen people. We love each other. We forgive each other. We care for each other. We lay our lives down for each other. We bear with each other. And over all these things, we put on love. We put on love because love is the virtue that binds all of these things together in perfect unity. So let the peace of Christ, he goes on to say, be the, the ruling umpire in your heart. Walk in the peace of God. This is, this is how we walk this life out. Let the peace of Christ and share the word of Christ richly with one another. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with one another. I, that one is, can, can be a little bit, uh, make me smile sometimes because we just don't, hey Pam, I just want to sing a little song to you. <laughs> to, it's kind of like a musical thing we're being encouraged to do here. You hear the music fade in in the background right now. Uh, but when we come together, it's less awkward than just doing a one-on-one. -on -one. And so we love it, man. Come in here and go for it. Right? And whatever you do, word or deed, do it all. Giving thanks in the name of the Lord Jesus to God the Father through Him. Does that make sense? This is, this is how we wait. This is such an important thing that we are in Christ now and He wants us to have impact in Him now but we do it from a place of we're not just earthbound people kind of plucking out a little existence. We are face to face with the Father in Christ. We are included in Him. So this is, whoa. It's like, wow. So I'm just going to mention two things about love this morning. Two key areas that how this impacts uh, us. The ascension, how it impacts us in expressing heaven on the earth. And the first one is loving God. First key area is to love God. And, and I want to say, you might even write out, if you're taking notes, write down intimacy. Because intimacy kind of gets past some of the I love ice cream, I love you know, the Rangers or the Cowboys or whatever. And so intimacy is this longing that everybody has on planet Earth for, for, to be deeply connected to other people and to God. We all experience this. We all know what this is like, you know, and, and we long for this union, being in Him and receiving His relationship. So here's the key. This is why the ascension helps so much. We need to think about it. How does the Father feel about the Son right now? So is there like tension there? Things stressed out, Father, Son? Father's looking into the Son's eyes. And what, you know, if we could look through the Son's eyes, we're in Him. I've just read over and over again. We're included in Him. We're seated with Him. Your life is hidden with Him. In Christ, in God. So 
you're looking through, this is an important exercise for us. It's an important growth piece of discipleship is to realize we're not just kind of walking around doing our existence here. Our life is actually included with Christ and God. And so that's going to affect the way I receive the love of the Father. And it's the last prayer that Jesus prays. He prays, Father, let them have your love for me in their hearts. Let them see that love. Let them participate. That's why I did this whole thing is that they could participate in this wonderful, crazy, awesome love. Father, Son, and Spirit. Man, this is good news. You know, in myself, I can't do it. Get a witness. That one's not as deep. You don't have to think about that one as much. In myself, I cannot do it. I am constantly, I've got all kinds of tapes. I have to renew my mind daily. And if I go about a day or two without renewing my mind, I can be pretty quickly, just y'all nod, don't have to say amen, but pretty quickly I can get into some funky thinking. I am not good enough, didn't do that right, I'm not, you know, handsome enough or trained enough or have enough ministry skill or good enough at my job or I'm, I'm whatever, the wrong thing or the wrong background or all these different things. The I am not, I can do that. And I need Jesus to come in and say, but I am. I just, I need it. And I need to re- be renewed in that over and over and over. I've got a friend from Mississippi. And he said that sitting at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, is the exact opposite of hiding in the bushes in the Garden of Eden. Now we can relate to hiding in the bushes, right? Uh, God's, uh, you know, uh. But there is one sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's right there, not hiding, enjoying perfect intimacy, self-giving love, receiving self-giving love in the power of the Spirit. And we've been brought into that. That's what we've been brought into. And it's in Him, it's in Jesus Christ that we see the love of God. That we see what God's love looks like. It looks like Jesus. You know, if you're ever unclear, it looks like the cross. It looks like self-giving love. It looks like laying down our lives for others. It's always in Christ. And can I just say, it always will be in Christ. Nobody in this room or on planet Earth ever like gets grows up and matures in such a way that we mature beyond everything that we'll ever have, need, or all of that is a gift to us in Christ. Now we grow up, we mature, but we're still, it's only more dependence, more clinging, more Jesus, it's all you, more being renewed in that knowledge, in that truth that it's all Jesus. So loving God, is different for us because of the ascension. Everybody get that? Make that point? The second thing that's different is, is loving people. So, who's for that? You know, Basically, we're talking about our core values here. Just I'm using our core values as an example. We're for it. And not just us. I mean, I, there's people everywhere that are for this. Like, love people. Yes, world, world, world peace. Um, just, just, people are for it. You know, they're, they're for world peace, but man, what a mess. We can't do it. We can't love others. It's a huge assignment. I can't love God the way I should, and I can't love people the way I should. 
My only hope is Jesus. You know, it's just, we want it, we can't do it. And the only way to love people is with the love of Jesus. That's it. The love of God that's in Christ. Because He so loved the world, everyone. He so loved the world, everyone, that He gave His one and only Son. And Jesus is the key. And we see what that love looks like in that sacrifice. And so, loving people looks like laying down my life for others because that's what Jesus does. It looks like making things right because that's what Jesus does. It looks like, and here I want to take a little moment on this, it looks like us praying and being the answer to this prayer. Father, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come and Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that's what loving people looks like. So that, that assignment is still game on. That, that kingdom thing, that kingdom life that Jesus lived, you know, and I hear it try to be explained away like we're doing a different assignment or something. Jesus said, go teach everybody and you do the same things that I taught you. You know, go do the same things. You'll do even greater things than what I've been doing. I want you to pray in my name and, I, and, and express this reign of God. This is the gospel. The kingdom has come. Repent and get in line with it. That's the gospel as Jesus preached it. And so here we are in this, in this in-between time. He's, it's going to be fulfilled one day, but we're in this in-between time. And so we see people all around us where things are wrong and they need to be made right. That's why we had Susan Peters in last week talk about justice, compassion, heart for justice Sunday. You know, when, when someone's sick and we pray for them to be healed, it's not just... I mean, this is following in the steps of Jesus. It's expressing the kingdom of God. Does it still need to happen? Think about it this way. What's in heaven? There's no sickness there. There's no injustice there. There's no sin there. And so pray this way. Let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so I talk about this all the time, but we're like this time machine people that are expressing, and I know that doesn't work for some, but we're, we're, we're like expressing the future in our lives right now. The way things should be, will be. You know, and all of that that is in the heart of Jesus should be in our hearts. By grace. And, you know, it's like, Lord, I want to be the answer to your prayer. I want to live out your life here and now. And it is just, every now and then I'm, I come across this where I'm having to deal with, oh, well, those things that Jesus did, those are for back then. And I just if you just lit, think about, has Jesus changed? Do any of these things in making things right on planet Earth, or have any of those things changed? You know, and, and, and it's all a miracle. Every single bit of it's a miracle that God speaks, that Jesus comes as the Word in flesh. It's a miracle. You know, we're not just kind of, you know, God's, wound things up and then left and he's kind of, we're just on our own here. This is, this is the life. This is at the very heart of it that we would be kingdom people living in the midst of the now and it's not yet, but we are living in the now. It started. That age that's coming broke into this age in the coming life, death, resurrection of Jesus Christ, the ascension that we're talking about today. 
And we are people that express that. If you look for it, you will see it. And if you don't look for it, you'll not see it. You can explain it away and put your faith in enlightenment, rationalistic, worldview, scientific stuff, you know, and those facts of science, you know, and there's this contrast of facts and values, you know, that these are just, oh, that's just your heart stuff, that's what you believe on the inside. You know, science changes about every few hundred years and they discover some radical thing that couldn't have been true at all. Those facts, that is. Ptolemy, Copernicus, Newton, Einstein, quantum physics. They, they, people didn't understand the facts that the, used to be the facts got changed along the way, right? And so I'm talking about something that's more real than any of that. The reality of Jesus Christ. So while we're waiting, we're engaged we got stuff to do. We're living out of the reality of the life of Jesus Christ and the power of the Spirit who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. And He lives right now in the presence of the Father to intercede for us as our High Priest and to see this love that I'm talking about and proclaiming today become a reality. The Father's love shared with the people of planet Earth around us. Shared with each other. You know, to participate in this life means that we've also been brought closer to one another. We share God's life, but we share God's life together in community. And it's practical. Whether you're challenged with it right now, loving somebody else, the fact is, I'm not saying bad stuff, prophesying something hard to you. It's just, if you're not facing it right now, you will. You're like, oh man, dog. Thought I was not going to have any problems. Thank you. I mean, it's just, that's life. You know, you're either facing challenges relationally right now and loving somebody, or you will by this afternoon. Later on this week, later on this month, it's just it's the way it is. Maybe it's an old relationship, something that needs to happen with somebody, forgiving someone. Again, it's a miracle that we can do that by God's grace. Praying for someone, seeing someone get saved, healed, seeing Jesus. And everything, I guess what I'm saying is, everything has changed because of Jesus. Everything. Everything has changed. And we proclaim this. Everything is reframed. Are you going through a hard time right now? Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father, reframes what you're going through. It's the most practical thing in the world. The joy that all of us long for is the joy that Jesus wants to give us and only comes in intimacy with Him. So my hopes... For the future, they're changed and reframed because Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. The trials that I go through, reframed because of what, what, where Jesus is in my life hidden with Him in Christ. Does that make sense? Everything is changed because of Jesus. Everything is changed. And we proclaim this good news week after week after week because we need to hear it. Apart from Him, we are poor beggars. And with Him, we are infinitely rich. Thanks be to God. Stand up. Amen. Worship team. Ministry team. Okay.
So here's the response piece today. We've proclaimed good news. We've proclaimed Jesus Christ risen and ascended to the right hand of the Father and coming again. And here's my question. What, is it, what does it look like for you to walk this, the kingdom life out in your sphere? Just your life. What's it going to look like just where you're at? And you know what? Every single one of us need help with this. I do and we all do. And so I want to encourage you just to get, get prayer today. What's it look like in your family? What's it going to look like in your workplace? What's it going to look like at school for you? Just, Lord, I want to live this kingdom life out with you everywhere I go. And I know that I need prayer to do that. So that's why we do this at the end of every message, you guys. And I want to just encourage you, come to Jesus. Lean into Jesus. He's revealing Himself to you and He will change your world and all that you can influence and touch and have an impact with by just saying yes to Him. Lord, we love You. We just are asking, Lord, change us. Change Christ's fellowship. Touch our city. Touch the nation and the nations of the earth. And use us right in our little place, our little field that You've given us influence. You've allowed us to plow and to reap and sow and all those things. So Lord, use us. Give us responsive hearts that want to express this uh, wonderful life, this wonderful kingdom. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hey, whatever your need is, guys, come. Get prayer. Press into the Lord. Take advantage of the opportunity.